Hi, this is Eva. This is Macy. We're two friends. Best friends. Best friends who've known each other for over 20 years. And growing up, we were inseparable. But now we're living on two different coasts. So we decided to start a podcast to discuss what's going on in our lives and this crazy world. We want you to come catch up with us as we catch up with each other. Because we want to know. Do y'all see this? Welcome back to Do Y'all See This Podcast. This is Eva. And this is Nisi. We just want to welcome everyone back. And we are getting into some juicy stuff today. Today we want to talk about some black things. But starting off, I really wanted to um, start off with a, a conversation that I ended up having with my husband. Where for some reason, he believed Eva said the N-word. And I just kept saying to him, like, no, I'm sure she doesn't. I, I feel like I've known her a pretty long time and I cannot remember her saying it. And he he would not believe me until I actually got her on polo. And she actually had to say, yeah, I, I've never said it. And I, I didn't know why. I just know that she had never said it. So why don't you say it, F? Okay, so Nisi is right. I actually remember this conversation. I remember the message when you sent it to me. I do not say the N-word for a reason. Um, the biggest one is one thing that's pretty important about me. I am half white and half black. And for me, I do not believe white people should say it. I don't believe white adjacent people should say it. I don't think pretty much anybody outside of black people should be using the N-word. Um, so, and in addition, I, as a child or as a teenager, I got it in my head about the history of the N-word. And for me, I'm just not comfortable with saying it. So I remember having this conversation and you're like, no, I have not said it. <laughs> I couldn't ever. <laughs> so there's that. So unlike ever, y'all gonna get these niggas. Um, I say it absolutely. Now I don't say it around <laughs> our wheat friends. We'll say that. So why don't you say it around our wheat friends? Well, I don't say it around them because honestly, I don't ever want to be the black friend. I don't want to be the person who, when a, a white person goes out here and talks crazy or does something racist, they're like, oh, well, I have a black friend who I've done it around or I've said it around. So I feel like I don't want to make them, I, I never want to make a white person feel comfortable with me to say it. So anytime I, like, let's say I'm talking to a black person and they say, and I say it, I'll, I'll normally, I will acknowledge it. I'll be like, yeah, but y'all don't say that. Like, <laughs> Or I'll say something like, oh, stop your hustling. This ain't the conversation for you. So, I mean, I say it because I am black. And I have no problem with a black person saying it. It can be the hard ER. It can be just the A. However you as a black person want to express saying the word, I'm fine with. If you are a white person who feels like they they just are itching to say it, go ahead and shut this uh, podcast down. Go ahead and just close us on out. Go ahead and delete us. No need to send a letter. No need to type up anything. No need to get in your weak feelings. I don't care. I'm not interested in why you want to say it or why you feel like I can't say it or why my ancestors have done so much that, you know, you can't believe that I'm still saying it. I don't care. So that... Is how we're starting off this great podcast today. I promise you, it will get lighter. But I just want to go ahead and let everyone know who's listening, who you're listening to. You're listening to one person who doesn't want to say it, <laughs> but you're listening also to another person who is going to say it. 
So don't be surprised. Don't be infuriated. Don't send in any letters. <laughs> you will only be wasting your breath because I will not even read them. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way, very important PSA. Uh, we're going to go ahead and send it to break, and we're going to come back and talk about some of our favorite things about being Black and about Black culture. All right, so we are back. We really wanted to just discuss today some appreciation for Black. Well, we're going to talk about some things that are more recent, things that we really enjoy that are Black. Uh, one for me is that the year 2020, even though it was crazy and insane, it brought me Lovecraft Country. And it allowed me to finally be able to cosplay. Now, I haven't done it yet. I don't know if I actually will, but I love that I have the option of going as someone who is my color, my size, and I, I, I know how white people have been feeling all these years. Like every, like every character you see, you can actually be, and you don't have to change nothing. You don't have to be the black version of that character. You can just be the character. Like, come on. Who hasn't been longing to have that moment? And being Orinthia Blue or just being Hippolyta herself or Beyonce, come on. Come on. Absolutely. And I have to agree, I think this year has been fantastic. And even the past couple years, just for content, for me, representation matters. Sometimes I'll see a character and, I'll, and it will actually bring me to tears because it's, it's been time. It has been time for us to be able to see things like that. And like you said, to see Arinthia Blue, to see Hippolyta on the end, characters who look like our families, who look like us, and we can just dress up and be those characters. I think that's so fantastic. Make Magazine actually had an article this year called Cosplaying While Black, which was actually written by a black cosplayer. It was such a good article. Um, definitely go out and look for it if you can find it. But just black cosplayers in general, just the creativity that goes into cosplaying, the imagination that goes into cosplaying, just the fun of cosplaying, it makes me so happy just looking at it. And I haven't actually participated myself, but again, there's that option of now you're looking at it and going, this is a thing I could do if I wanted to. And that I think is beautiful. Now, I know you said all the ingenuity that goes into it, all the work that goes into it. I am just going to speak to the laziness of people. <laughs> the lazy that I can do, a blue wig, and now be a character? Oh, you're speaking to my the least heart. Like, I can just go get a wig. And I can just now, now I am embodying. I can just go in there with any outfit I want on and be like, I'm Orinthia Blue from 1982. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, some of the great, some, some really, really good movies came out this year. I am a person who loves non black trauma movies like i really don't have to relive being a slave in every movie i don't need to see the aspect of now i'm the slave cook and now i'm the slave uh revolutionary or now i'm the slave who's running for freedom <laughs> sometimes i just want to be black oh absolutely i know what we went through sometimes i just want to be black my um toss into the ring for that is the photograph it is it's just for me the epitome of 
a smooth ride. It's just like consistent. I love the way that they left gaps in some of the stories where let's say someone wants to make an adaptation of it. You actually have something to work from that you can actually go off and be like, you know what? We want to show some of the years of her mom or we want to show what happened with her dad. You act, they actually have like avenues that they can go down and use. It's not, this can be a one-off, or it can be spun off into many things. And it wasn't, the character had trauma, but it wasn't traumatic to the audience. It was something you just, it was just a good love story. It was like a, a realistic, I know everyone isn't taking their boyfriend or potential boyfriend to London to the, you know, a concert, but it gives you that easiness, the conversation, the way they, they, they roll the conversations, the, the spaces, the, the weird awkwardness. That is real and it's something that I feel like is rarely spoken to in Hollywood. A lot of times they give us the Tyler Perry where we're cooning it up or we're down and out or we have the evil light-skinned man or we have the evil dark-skinned man. Sometimes life is just smooth. Not always, not for everyone, but sometimes I just want to see my drama through life on screen so oh sylvie's oh yes i you know i was about to bring that up i just saw it like two days ago which that was too late but it was such a good story and like you said it wasn't it wasn't based in the trauma of, of racial you know of racial injustice it wasn't about you know something awful happened it was this was a woman and a man who couldn't get it together and had to figure it out, which I think was also a big part of why I like the photograph. It was a simple story of a man and a woman who, you know, trying to get together, trying to, to figure out their love story. So I thought that was really nice. Speaking to Sylvie's love, I feel like at any point in time, it could have been, the name of the movie could have been any of the other characters' love. You know what I'm saying? It could have been the husband who still had, uh, who loved her enough that even though she wasn't the perfect wife that he thought he would have wanted, he still loved her enough that he still wanted to marry her, be the father to the kid and all of that. Could have been the 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 long lost love that she had. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, I feel like it hit all the angles. And even thinking of the, the title, like you were saying, even though we're, we're talking about relationships, you could even go as far. Because there is a, a big part of this movie that is focused on her dealing with being a woman in a male-dominated industry. Yeah, her love for what she wanted to do. Yes, you could even talk about her love for work. And sometimes that is a thing that we see in real life that we may not see on the screen as much. And I thought it was such a good inclusion to the movie. And it was just such a well-done movie, beautifully shot. Like, there were some just gorgeous shots. I don't know. It was just something about, like, I'm glad that you brought up that point of that, it, her her loving her, her occupation, her, she had a passion and wanted to do that. Because since it's Sophie's love, it doesn't really say it has to be her love for another person. It could be her love for herself, her love for her, uh, the thing that she knew she wanted. So. I feel like that, that that was a really good point. Like that was a really good point. Um, every year I'm always like looking for some kind of Christmas movie. I've always been partial to musicals. I know there's two that we definitely want to talk about this year. Jingle Jangle. Oh yes. I had actually sent Emma a message and we were gonna have like a solo <laughs> date kind of thing where we were gonna watch it together. And she had already watched it, guys. 
anymore. I got it. I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell her about it because I want to like, like, okay, so on this day, we're going to get together. Now, keep in mind, we are still on two opposite sides of the country. <laughs> so I was definitely like, okay, so we're going to get together at this day and this time, and we're going to watch Jingle Jangle. And she's like, ah, I'll rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I'm like, I was like, I would absolutely rewatch this with you. <laughs> and then we did. <laughs> it was so great. Oh. Now, the great thing about this movie, I just feel like it gave me the songs that it gave me songs that I could sing along with. Um, it gave me black people. It gave me black people with hair, with, with fashion. It gave me black people dancing, a big black girl dancing all over the place. Now, what I didn't like about her is that they had her throwing herself at this man. Like, she didn't have any self-respect. Like, she wasn't a whole business owner out here. Running the house. Yeah, like, she's postmaster. She ain't need him. Um, I ain't like that. I ain't like that at all. My homie throwing my phone with me. But... <laughs> I, there was other few, a few other, you know, little things I didn't care for, but it never overshadowed how much I love this movie. And can we say Anika Noni Rose, please? Uh, yes, please. And a human, the whole movie. I mean, she may have been a doll, but at least she was a human-shaped doll the whole movie. No frog. <laughs> I adored this movie. I thought it, it was such, and it's going to go into the canon for Christmas movies. It's such an excellent Christmas movie. It hits all of those family and kindness and everything else, and it does it in such a beautiful way. I love the way they treated the um, the youngest character, the granddaughter, as someone who had been taught her entire life, you know, go after what you want. No one, at one point, she someone tells her, you can't do that, and she's like, no one's told me I can't, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I thought that is such a great great theme and, a, and something that really carries through the entire movie so i loved it beautifully shot like you were saying about the choreography and the music it was so good and the villain uh well villains i don't know do we count them both as villains absolutely you're talking about the doll right yes, yes. Doll. yes absolutely oh, and the weak-minded <laughs> one who fell behind the doll like yes Absolutely, villains, villains. He didn't even have to do all that. The man had built. The man had the secret that he needed sitting right there in in the place for him. Patience is virtue. Mm-mm-mm. The other musical. So that's gonna be Cinderella, and I'm talking about the black one. Yes, I know there was other you know people in it, but the one with Whitney Houston and Brandy. Oh, I can sing it from the beginning to the end, like. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I would bless y'all ears, but I'm not going to do it. But it's so good. The way they did the story, of, the way they had her sing it. Oh, it was just so good. The The mindlessness that they had Whitney Houston playing the, um, like when she was doing the bibbidi-bobbidi-boom, that's her. I felt like that was just like, the way they had her playing it was so perfect. It was, and it was such a good visual just beautifully like you said just beautifully the cast is ridiculously diverse first of all and the music is so good it's so good it's literally the only cinderella i ever watch i love it all i had to say back then was paolo montbon girl i used to love saying his name 
I don't know. I had such the, the biggest crush on him as a kid. But I'm looking. I've watched the movie over and over and been like, I'm good. And since we're talking about Cinderella, we do have to go ahead and send out our thanks to the actress Natalie DeSell. Um, one of the, she played the sister. Yes, we lost her in December. So 2020 did take her. But she was so good in that movie. I absolutely adored her. And I'd actually seen her in a small play in Norfolk. She came to Tidewater. She did a um a play at Tidewater Community College. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see um before she passed that she was actually working on a uh, BAPS? Uh, no, but I would have adored that. BAPS was like I know it's not high literature. It's not supposedly high cinema, but I I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. I think it's hilarious. I think it's sweet as all get out. It makes me cry. And I know that's probably not the reaction they were going for. But every time, it makes me cry. Um, I, I don't know. There's just something about the movie that has this... Um, I'm talking about Baps. I just feel like it had uh, something... Like, obviously, I can't connect completely to it with you know everything that they were going through. Because obviously, that's not my life. But it was just like a good story to watch. And it seems like the the way that she embraced her characters, it just it seemed like she did that for all of them. When in and Eve, the show, that's how she was too. Like she still had that like exuberance for the character. And I feel like she had that in all her roles. Every role I've seen her in, from Eve to um being in Brandy, being in Brandy being in this Cinderella with Brandy um, to to Babs, like everything I've ever seen her in, she's been like that. Even, what was that other one? Inside It All. Oh no! Even Inside It All she had. And you probably don't remember that. But Inside It All, I believe she's the girlfriend who puts, who um, shaves the acorn into the back of his head. So I love the way she plays it. Black excellence. So, uh, so let's see. We got we got cosplay, we got movies down. Um, how about books? Oh, books. You know, this is my favorite, favorite section, segment of the show. Okay. I know before you, before you jump in, I'm just going to say for, <laughs> for us out there who like a little ratchet in our reading, coldest winter ever, finally, finally has a sequel. And it is Life After Death by Sister Soldier. And when I say it is the next thing on my reading list, because I have been waiting since I was a teenager just to catch this next one. So that's going to be my little bit. And now I'm going to let Ev run and tell you everything else that's great out there with the Black books right now. Okay. So I will warn you ahead of time, I get very excited when we get to start talking about books. So we are going to go ahead and start with um, My Sister, the Serial Killer. It's a short murder mystery. It came out a couple years ago. It is so good. It is um, based, it's located, or the setting is in, in Africa, and it's just, it is ridiculously good. I recently started reading Black Science Fiction, Fantasy, and African Futurism. So African Futurism is actually a term coined by Nettie Okorafor, who is a fantastic author. If you ever get to read anything by her, get to it. Like, go ahead. So African Futurism is very similar to Afrofuturism in the way that Blacks on the continent of Africa and in the Black diaspora are all connected by blood, spirit, history, and future. 
but African futurism specifically and more directly roots in African culture, history, mythology, and point of view. So I love, 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 love um, all everything that I've been able to read in African futurism, which is Nnedi Okorafor. You'll find different authors, um, N.K. Jemisin, all, and even more. Um, so there are also what I like to call hashtag black boy joy books, which as an aunt of several nephews, I absolutely, I love being able to give these to my nephews. Um, Derek Barnes has two that I would recommend to anybody who has any young boys in their family. Crown and I Am Every Good Thing. Both have been written in the last two or three years, so definitely give it a look for those. Now, for something a little bit more obscure, but I adored it, is this very, it's an alternate history book by P. Jelly Clark called The Black God's Drum. It's set in the Civil War era. It's full of steampunk and espionage and African gods. There's like flying airships and, you know, gods coming out of the sea. It's fantastic. So definitely look for those things. So is that one kind of like a black American gods? Not, well, slightly, yes. So I always love that um, the American gods, especially when you get into the gods part of it, when you get to learn more about the gods and you see kind of their personalities coming through with um, black, with black gods drums. It's more like if if we had flying airships in the Civil War, what would happen? If there were pilots, you know, if but also if there were these influences from the African gods that are also there that are part of the, that are important part of this story. Like what would happen? And I that's why I've, I've always I will always recommend spec, speculative fiction whenever I can, but in particular black speculative fiction if I can. It is so full of of um, elements and of themes that are so interesting and are so wonderful to explore. All right, so now that I've gotten all excited and overworked, I'm actually going to tell you that I have so many more authors and recommendations. We will be putting a list on our Instagram because I feel that we should definitely share that information with everyone. So our Instagram is at do y'all see this pod. And we'll be putting more things on there as well. So you'll start seeing some things coming through there. So we'll be moving on. So we definitely wanted to talk about a few actors. Michaela Cole. Love her. Oh my gosh. I may destroy you. I may destroy you. It it literally gave you the tools of how to describe those gray moments. Those times in life when a woman is like, oh, I don't really know how to say what he did was uncomfortable or how to say, oh, that didn't feel right. It, was, it, it gave you the visualization of that moment. Like, Spoilers, obviously, maybe a little late to say, but we're talking about all black things. So if you're listening, hopefully you've watched one of these big black things that happened last year, which is this show um, where Michaela Cole actually goes into how she was physically assaulted while working on her show Chewing Gum. But it goes into more than just that. It goes into like a stealthing 
which is when someone takes off the condom after you after you've given consent to have sex with a condom and to actually see the moment play out is just like when you're talking to someone about it if you and they're saying oh couldn't you tell it's like oh is there there's a little bit of doubt but when you see it happen you can't doubt that what you just saw was wrong it wasn't what both people agreed to and so that's what i like about the show it takes those moments that are great and it makes you look at them and stare at them until you see them as what they truly are so she's an actress that i feel like she's been in a lot of things i love her black mirror episode it wasn't just hers but i love the um the character that she was playing there i tried to watch chewing gum i could not get into it ever loved it it just was not for me I really dislike, let me say this, I love <laughs> Michaela Cole, but I hate Michaela Cole with wigs on. I hate her with wigs on. Her face has all the greatest angles. She has the perfect cheekbones. But when they throw a wig on, especially if it's like a colorful one, I feel like it just, I don't know, it, it like smears her. It, it just like, it's like somebody, I um cutting through the Mona Lisa I guess it's like you see her 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 face just looks so great and then they put a wig on it's like so we just gonna cover all that up like I know there's gotta be some more actors that you like at all right so one I love is Noel Clark and I while doing research for this I found out he's actually a lot been a lot more busy than I thought so I actually was introduced to Noel Clark through Doctor Who the actor who plays Mickey Smith and he's actually a writer. He's been writing things for years. He still acts in, there's a series called Bulletproof that is still on the BBC and is going into a new series. He's written and, and directed and produced multiple movies and series, which is really, really exciting. So I'm going to be watching a lot more of his things other than Lee Smith's character on Doctor Who. But I'm really excited about that. So that's just two. Uh, let's see what else. They're actors, but they're comedians. The 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 all the ladies from the Black Ladies Sketch Show. Yes, every single one of them. The uh the the sketch that I particularly connected with was the one with the black spy, where all she had to do was just stand there with her blackness, and she completely could walk in and out of places without ever being seen. <laughs> oh, I I have lived this sketch, so I definitely understood that one. Uh, you said there was one about a gang that you like. Yes. So there is an episode. I think it's, it might be the third episode. It's it's third in Bonaparte. So each episode is named, which makes it kind of easy to find. Um, but it's uh, third in Bonaparte. And it, it is. It's basically like in like um, orientation day to the gang. And they're talking about all the benefits of working there. They're talking about parental leave and the exercise and the assignments that are required, and it's just, it's hilarious, and it ends up being, and I don't want to spoil it, because it may, it's my favorite part, but it ends up being a whole different thing at the end of the, the sketch, which is, it's pitch perfect, but it's so hilarious. There was a, um, a interview I had seen of Robin Thede, and she was saying how she had called it, somebody was like, how come you're not, how come it's not Robin Thede's uh, black woman sketch show or whatever and she was like well i called it i named it a black lady sketch show because even if this one gets canceled another one can come along there can be another black lady sketch show with someone else 
And I just love that not only was she completely flushing out her idea of what she thought could be funny, what she thought could be observed, she actually was still thinking ahead. Like, okay, if this one doesn't work for me, someone else could come through, find another idea, find another link that can connect with uh, people who watch and it can take off for them. So I don't know. It's just something about it. The foresight and the naming of it, I love. Although, can I say, very excited. It is actually getting another season eventually. 2020 has taken a lot from us, including this um, Black Lady Sketch Show. The cast is um, Robin Thede, Quinta Brunson, Ashley Nicole Black, and Gabriel Dennis. And they are so good in in, in everything, basically. So it's a yes from us. (laughs) So to kind of close us out a little bit, one more thing that I definitely wanted to mention was the something that we appreciated. Was it this year? I feel like it was 2020. Was okay, Killer Mike's trigger warning show. I feel like it may have come out even 2019, but either way, I saw it in 2020. And it was so good. The the part for me uh, was him actually showcasing how far the black dollar would go and it just it was really eye-opening to see that even though we spend, how much of it is actually coming back to us. And that was one of the things that really resonated me, resonated with me when I heard about Greenwood. It's actually a Greenwood bank. And they, from everything that I'm seeing, I mean, actual part of their uh, slogan is, you know, modern banking for the culture so it's clearly for us and it's by us um from everything that i'm saying it is not only targeted to black and brown people it is helping they're trying to help black people and brown people and all people of color to have actual generational wealth they're trying to help you with your communities um, from everything I'm seeing, and I, I'm not going to say that, you know, it couldn't be something else later on or whatever, but from everything I'm seeing, it is a positive effort that is being pushed towards black and brown people to help with keeping our money with us. So, um, I mean, go out, do the research for yourself, obviously, before putting your money anywhere. I'm not telling you what to do. This is not an ad, um, but... I would definitely look into it. All right. So next we're actually going to be talking about the misters. All right. So we first are going to talk about the black men in our lives, the misters. I mean, they're my favorite. I don't know about you. The hubs. Yes, yes. So we asked them what they liked about being black. So what did Mr. Ever say about what did he like about being black? So when I asked him, he literally said being black is enough. That's what I like about being black. <laughs> Great. And and hubs over here, his his first answer, I will say, well, was um nigga everything. And if that does not epitomize 
the greatness of being black sometimes like everything the way we move the way we look the natural rhythm i mean the way we are we can prevail through anything that's one of the the things that i've noticed a lot of people have been saying is just like we can find the hilarity in anything we will use our saddest moments our worst moments and we will find a little bit of humor and toss it right on in there to help us release that grief to release that anger and move right on now is that always what we need to do i don't know but it's been helpful it's been helpful i couldn't imagine the rage and anger if i didn't laugh at stuff like ugh, i think i get out of bed sometimes like just current events not even touching the past currently how we get treated it's mm. so yes i thank god i'm black i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine this finest in another color so we are gonna take a small break here and when we come back it's gonna be your favorite segment of the week All right, so we are back this week for the Do Y'all See This Moment. Normally, I like to find something that is, you know, a little crazy, a little wonky, something out there that's going on. But with this being our Black Appreciation uh, episode, I really wanted to hear what everyone had to say. So I asked, what are some things that you appreciate about being Black? And I just want to go over some of the responses I got. Uh, Let's see. I got some, I appreciate how many shades that our beautiful black skins are. I got our resiliency. Also, someone said they appreciate the drive our culture has. Now, that one is absolutely true if nothing else isn't. Oh, I even got one here. Uh, let's see. I appreciate the respect we had for our elders. I also, I'm going to add to this one, I appreciate the respect that we get my elders and also oh this last one the village that raised me now if there is any other culture that takes pride in having a village raise you it is the black culture because if you haven't ever heard of you got in trouble in one place and before you get home your mama know because your aunt saw or your grandma saw or somebody at the corner store saw then you don't know nothing about that village because that is literally how I grew up. Everyone knew my business before I got home. So, did you want to say anything else about what you appreciate? So, I have always appreciated the community that um, Black people really build. We can be so inviting and so kind and so inclusive. And I think that's really important. But yes, absolutely, the community and the village, like growing up and knowing there were people in the, in the neighborhood to go to. I love. Great. So if anyone wants to continue this conversation with me about Black greatness, I am here for it. Reach out to me on Twitter at YallPod. I will be looking forward to hearing from you guys. If you have suggestions for future moments, questions, or just want to give us feedback, reach out to us at doyallseethispod at gmail.com. If you're interested in more Black authors that I love, Check out our Instagram page, 
at Do Y'all See This Pod. I'll be listing both authors as well as probably the movies that we talked about um, too so that you can reference that for later. Thank you for listening to us and catch up with us next time. So we wanted to end this week with the words of our late, great Chadwick Boseman. Ha ha, in the future, we still black. Look at him leaving us with those great words. There you go. Y'all have a great day. Yes, bye. Bye.